0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, so the the uh, title of my message today is First Things. Oh, we released the kids. Okay. <laughs> yes, be released. <clears throat> now are you ready for the title of my message <laughs> first things first um, that's the title of my message and you know that that is a song also first things first I forget what the name I think I wrote it down somewhere but anyway first things first that song um, I heard it after I started working on my message, and I thought, wow, I woke up one morning with that song in my head, and that was the title of my message, and I was like, well, I better go with that <laughs> since it's confirmed. But anyway, if you ever want to listen to it, it's a great song. It's about Consumed by Fire, and there's another song that I that I listen to that helps me focus, and it's uh, Set My Eyes on You by Michael Bethany. Anyway, if you would be interested in those songs they're just really good worship songs and helps you uh, stay focused which we all need to do so anyway I want to start out with uh, scripture from Proverbs and I'll give you a little bit of background before I read it Uh, when I was a new Christian I was told by my youngest brother that I needed to be in the word that I needed to read every day. I needed to study the word. And I have to tell you that I was doing it, but I was doing it out of frustration because I didn't understand anything I was reading. And, um, and I would talk to God. I didn't always hear him answer, but I would talk to him. And this particular morning, I read this scripture. It's Proverbs 4-7, and this is the New King James Version because I learned scripture in the King James, and this is a little easier to understand in the King James. So because I memorized things in King James, okay, I don't, anyway, it's hard. So this is a little bit softer. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. And I said, God, what does that really mean? Because when you read scripture, you kind of think you know what wisdom is and maybe what understanding is slightly. But when I read it, I thought, this has got to be deeper than what I'm seeing it. And so I asked God, and uh, I didn't hear anything, but I flipped over a couple books, and I just started reading again. (laughs) And it was Job 28, 28. And listen to what this says. God speaks to us in the word. It says, and to man, he said, behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, And to depart from evil is understanding. Is that God speaking or not? Let me get a drink of water. Hold on. Oh my goodness. And I'm glad that happened to me early on because it gave me a love for the word. And it helped me to realize okay, this is not just words, this is life. This is life. And God speaks to us through His word. And so um, I think it's funny how we'll read, and we don't really often, you know, expect to understand what we're reading necessarily in the moment. Um, I know that that word "fear in there, it's not the kind of fear that we automatically think of, like we're afraid, but it is a reverence. it is an honor. It's worship. That's what that word means. And so we don't need to have that kind of fear for God that we often think. Um, God wants relationship with us. He wants, in fact, he sent his son so that we could have relationship with him because we lost relationship when sin came into the world, the kind that he wanted um, It's not, it's a different relationship than like we do with some of our neighbors. Come out maybe the same time. We see them from a distance and we just wave, you know. We might know their name, we might know what their work is, but we don't really know them. But we have opinions. (laughs) Have you noticed that? We have opinions. What in the world were they thinking when they put that on? <laughs> you know, we, we're, just, we're so judgmental. And, and we, we think of, you know, we just, it's like um, I have some neighbors. Most of my neighbors are family, <laughs> which is good. It is good. I have great family members that live uh, on both sides almost of me, <laughs> and they're here today. <laughs> So I can't talk about them. Uh, so anyway, just know, just no, seriously, though, I love my family. We have been close ever since I can remember. And um, if it wasn't for my sister Phyllis over there with the wild blonde hair, uh, I don't know if I would have made it as a child. She's six years older than me. Okay, so she doesn't look it. I'm sorry. I, what can I say? Anyway, she, if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would have made it because I was such a shy child and such a weird, just not very sociable at all, social at all. And I, and I didn't like to be, look at people. I hid myself mostly with my arm. I've run into a lot of things, had a lot of bruises as a child because I'd never watched where I was going. And uh, so anyway, she would let me hang on her. And she practically carried me. And since she was older than me, she had a lot of books and stuff to carry. And here I am, big for my age. After I was nine, I only grew a half an inch. So, I, so you can kind of know I was, I was skinny, but I was tall. And, uh, and so anyway, she would just let me hang on her. And then finally she would ask for a break. I would give her about five or six steps at the max, and then I'd be right back. And you know God wants us to lean on him like that. He wants us to hang on him. He wants us to just be in his face all the time. He loves it. He never gets tired of us. He never says, you know, I don't have time for you today because, you know, I've got all these other children and they're just like exhausting me. See, he's God. and He just wants us to be in his face all the time, all the time. And I love that about him. In, uh, let's see, Matthew 631. Sometimes I talk and then I don't know where I'm at, so y'all just be patient with me today. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, which is the unbelievers, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, That's where I get my message from, first things first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. It means to take no thought. Don't let yourself even go there. Um, Don't be anxious. Don't be distracted about the cares of the world. Worry and anxiety is rooted in fear. It's this kind of fear. Not the worshipful kind of fear. But when we meditate on it, on the fear, the thoughts, you know, they start marinating. And, uh, and then we fall, into, we fall into a sleep. And it's usually it's a spiritual uh, sleep. And we start agreeing with the enemy. We don't even think about it. We go to sleep spiritually. And all we can see is what we, what we can see with our physical eyes. That's it. Nothing else. We've lost sight of his face. And in Philippians 4, 6-8, it says, and this is the New Living Translation. It's the one I read most of the time. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And in verse 9, he says to practice them. Why do we think we can read something once a week or here and there, and we're going to remember. We are sheep, remember, or like sheep. And we forget easily because we are born into this physical realm and we have to get used to living in this physical realm first. And it's hard for us to switch over to the spirit realm. And the things that we have in this spiritual place, if we will abide in Christ, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Don't we need a little bit of that? <laughs> we need a little bit of all this. And, but we can't do. We can't have these things in our life. We will let fear come in and take over if we do not abide. And that means continue, stay in a place. Uh, we can't just. Because we, we just can't do it without him. We cannot stay there without him. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. How many of you today, I, I, have, I was tormented some last week, a lot, which I won't even go into why. But that's why God gave me this message. This is first for me, it's for me, and all of us find our, ourselves in these places where we're allowing the enemy to torment us. But we need to recognize it quickly. He says, "Cast out fear, be, uh, perfect love. Cast out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who's, who fears has not been made perfect in love." Okay, so if we're succumbing to those fearful thoughts, then we're just not being mature in love. And we have, and the only way we can mature is through the word of God, spending time with him, getting to know him. You know, David thought it was so important to not live in any kind of anxiety that I think it's in Psalm 139. He, he asked God, search my heart. Search my heart and let me know if there's any anxious way in me. Search me. Because he knew if anxiety come in, he wouldn't see the face of God anymore, and he would fall into the trap of the evil one. He knew that. And so he was very careful to let God search his heart. And he said, then lead me in the way everlasting. That's the kingdom way. That's the spiritual realm. That is the place where we see more than what we see with these eyes. That's the place that we can't see in the natural. I want to see. I want to see. I want to hear. I want to know. I want to breathe life from God. Luke 24, 13 through 35. This is, uh, I got here really quick. <laughs> so I'll just hang out here for a little bit. It's when the um, disciples were on the road to Emmaus. And you can come up, Matt, I love music playing when I'm talking. It helps me. That's why I did, I did worship with Matt and them today. I just It helps me not think about me and just enter into the presence of God, and um, God has used worship for me since I was saved to help me be healed, to help me be delivered of just all the mess that was in my life. And so it's just really important to me, worship is. So Luke uh, 24 13 through 35. I'm not going to actually read these scriptures to you. I'm just going to try to remember the story because I've read it so many times. I even wrote a poem about this because it just stood out to me so much. But this was three days after uh, the crucifixion of Christ. <laughs> I love it. Was that dramatic or not? <laughs> and uh, the disciples, these two disciples, I'm going to say something probably controversial here, but Pastor Michael forgive me I believe it was a, a husband and wife they only named the man and I can't remember what his name is right now it started with a C Cleo, is it Cleopas or something like it? it was a weird name but uh, he couldn't help it he didn't name himself that so anyway you know um, but they were on the road and I'll tell you why I think it was a man and wife but that's that's not proven in the scripture so don't you know don't complain later but anyway they were walking and they were talking about what just happened to Jesus and, and i can only imagine what it felt like to them to have the one that they thought would be the messiah the savior of the world to come to rescue them and now he's gone and they're just they're walking home they're going back to their home they don't know where else to go they don't know what to do They're grieving. They're probably angry too. They're, I wrote down a lot of words here, but I don't know where they are. So I'll just try to remember. (laughs) I know that I would be feeling sad. I would be feeling maybe depressed and, and just lonely because three years, they had him with them all the time. They had him, just all around and constantly talking to them and teaching them and watching him work miracles and do all these wonderful things. And, and And now he's gone. And even though Jesus talked to them about things that would happen, they didn't really hear it. They weren't able to understand that he would have to suffer so that they could live. They did not know. And so now, what do they do? What do they do? They go back home. But as they are walking, Jesus comes along beside them. Jesus doesn't reveal himself. And so they begin to talk. He's like, "What are y'all talking about?" And they tell him all the things that had happened. and he, they're like, "You know, you must be the only one here that doesn't know what happened. He's the only one that did know what happened. And so he's listening to all the stuff and everything, and then he's just like, I think he calls them foolish. Don't you remember what Moses said? He started telling them, taking them all the way back to to Moses' letters and, and all the prophets. He took them all the way back, and he began to share that word with them. And as he shared that word with him, with them, and he they got close to home, they wanted him to come in and stay the night because it was getting late. And so he pretended like he was gonna keep going. But they begged him, please come and stay. Come and stay with us. So he came in, and it was during dinner, it's like when they when he broke the bread in front of them took that bread and broke it and gave it to them their eyes were opened and they could see and I, before I understood about the bread and the wine communion before I understood any of that is when I read these scriptures for the first time and I was upset I'll be honest with you I was like Jesus how could you have done that to them Don't you know how they were suffering because they thought you were, you were gone forever, that they were, that was it? That all the things that you taught them and all the things that you did and all the love they felt, it's gone. It's gone. And how could you have done that to them? He didn't tell me anything that day, but I was walking back into the living room the next day after I had spent some time with him and I was just, Still kind of frustrated. And I, as I put my foot up into the living room and walked in, it was as if he just poured himself into me and he said, I wanted them to see the spiritual, not the physical. And that's where God wants to take each one of us. He wants us to, to go to this place that we can't go in the natural, that we can't see with our eyes, our naked eye. We cannot and he is always wooing us he's always drawing us and you know what they said when he disappeared after that they said to each other didn't our hearts burn inside of us when he talked to us on the road didn't our hearts burn i want to burn for god i want to burn i don't want to be cold inside and just just come to church go through the motion, go back home, same routine. I want to burn for him everywhere I go. I want to burn for him in a way where I care about people that I'm not capable of loving on my own. Because can I tell you that I cannot love you. I cannot love my family. In fact, when I got saved, I'm glad Matt and them were too young to realize how messed up I was. But I couldn't feel love. I was dead inside completely dead inside. Life was like nothing. I knew that I loved them because I took care of them and I was concerned about them getting hurt and I I made sure they got fed and I I just, you know, I kept them pretty clean and we lived in the country. You know how that is when you live in the country. They get dirty. But anyway, I just, I loved them, but I just couldn't feel it. Couldn't feel it. And as I started letting God deliver me, When I started trusting him, because I didn't trust God at first, you know. I didn't like him. I didn't even believe necessarily that he was real. But I thought if he was, then he's not a good God. Because he doesn't like women. Oh, how foolish. He would have said that to me if I was walking on the road. (laughs) How foolish. (laughs) But when I got saved, it was because my 10-year-old daughter had been saved since she was five. And she didn't want me to go to hell. (laughs) She wanted me to go where she went when she died. And so one night she was crying, just oh, she was weeping. And I wanted to comfort her. And I didn't know what to do to comfort her. And when she said, I'm going to, when she told me I was going to die, I said, well, we're all going to die. You know, she said, but mom, you're really going to die because you're going to go somewhere that, that I'm not going. And I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me. She was 10. Don't dismiss your children to carry the wisdom of God. Can I tell you the spirit knows no age. So we need to expect our children to know the things of God. They're able. Anyway, so I promised her that I would go to church the following Sunday. I was like, "Why did I do that?" I did not want to go to church. I didn't grow up in church, and the only time I went to church, it was terrible. Because my mother cried the whole time and people just stared at us like we were aliens or something. And it just was not a good experience. And so I thought, I don't care if I ever do that again. And um, But I promised her I would, so I always did what I promised and I went. And I think it might have been a couple weeks after that. I could feel something happening inside of me. I could feel the burning drawing me to a God that I didn't know. And when he spoke to me in a way that I could not ignore him any longer, and I would have to see him face to face, I decided, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I would like to say that I stayed all in, but I did not. And I walked my own road to Emmaus. I had this long driveway. I had left my husband, never wasn't pregnant with Matt and Leah yet, <laughs> just had my daughter from another marriage that helped me be led to the Lord and stuff. And so anyway, I decided i'm gonna I'm just gonna go back to where I was because things were not working out. I had so much fear and so much baggage. I couldn't be married without there being a lot of stuff that just wasn't good. but I was walking down the road God was still wooing me and speaking to me and just like he did with them he said if you don't get off this road you're gonna die and I knew that I had to get off this road and I had to run back to him and my sister Phyllis again she's there to encourage me she said I said, Phyllis, I I don't feel anything. It's like I'm I'm dead inside. I I don't feel what I used to feel when I first came to Christ. I don't feel that excitement. I don't feel his presence. And I don't know what to do. I I understand how they felt on this road. And I think that's why it impacted me so much and made me hurt so bad when I read it and made me even angry is because I had been down that road. And Phyllis said to me, just keep doing what you know to do keep doing what you know to do and what i knew to do keep myself with other believers get up first thing in the morning and put my heart and mind on him read his word worship him even though i couldn't feel anything and as i continued in that god delivered me from depression he delivered me from self-pity. <laughs> he, he delivered me from so much. I won't even go into all of it. But I can tell you it was a lot. And he's still delivering me. He's still taking care of me. And he's still healing me inside. Some of you are like me. You, you have had a rough childhood. you had a rough life. And you are still carrying some things. You're still walking down that road. Trying to figure it out. Trying to figure out what happened. But you know what? God's the only one who can figure it out for you. He's the only one that can help any of us. You may have had a perfect childhood, but guess what? You still have to learn to see in the spirit realm. No matter what kind of background, we have to learn how to see him through the spirit because he speaks to us, spirit to spirit. And so we we have got to trust him to take us there, to open our eyes to him. miss most of my notes, but I don't even care anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to. I really came today with a heart to impart something to all of you that would bring encouragement to you, that would help you not be hopeless or discouraged. Because this life here it's hard it's very hard i know since i've been a christian it's been hard that daughter that led me to the lord died when she was 40 leaving behind four boys and her husband my husband of 30 how many years (laughs) Thirty-five. I don't remember. It was a lot. Matt probably knows. They know I'm not good with numbers. I never remember. I have to ask them. But my husband always kept me up on how old I was. (laughs) And I'm like. (laughs) So I I don't even care about that. Um, But today, I just, I want so much in my heart to be able to express the love of God to people and to see their lives change. I want to see for those of you that are hurting here today, that have hurt like me, and that have hurt, that you're gonna hurt, but that you wouldn't let your past, you wouldn't keep looking back, but you would look forward. That you would look forward to Him and know that He loves you enough to fix things. He loves you enough to fix your life. I'm gonna have you stand. If you're able and you want to, I'm not going to make you stand. I want to pray for you. And there might be people here today that has never really accepted Christ. You do all the outward things. You come to church, you might even pray. I don't know, but you haven't given him your heart. This is the perfect place to do it. It's so simple. Thank you for your forgiveness, God. I receive you into my heart. And I'm inviting you to change my life. It's just very simple. And if that is you, you don't have to come up here. But I would love later that you let us know that you have accepted Christ and that we want to pray for you I'm going to have the prayer team come up here and I want to pray I don't want to leave without praying and I know that I'm not the only one that has had a messed up life and needs help and still needs help I'm like oh God when am I going to grow up when am I going to be an adult when am I going to be mature like some people that I see and hear preach and teach and do all these things when am I going to ever come out of this like immaturity of being self conscious and worried about what people think and all those things that go along with that immaturity I just want to see him and he has given me visions and dreams and things that I would do for him and I haven't seen them all come to pass yet and I want to see it I want to see it And I want you to see it. I want each one of you to see and to walk in what God has put in your heart. There's no other way but His way. That's the only one that works. I figured that out kind of a while back. But I still have to be reminded of it every day because I start going into that place of fear thoughts. And the next thing you know, they're marinating in there. And then it's harder to get them out. When they start marinating, it's harder to get rid of them. And so catch that thought when it first come in. comes in. Take it captive. The enemy wants to take your peace and that's how he gets in. So if you can guard your heart with God's peace, you do that by abiding in him, staying focused on him, listening to him, declaring his word. And can I tell you something that I just, I see all the time. And I'm not pointing my finger at any of you, but I see it a lot in some people that I know. They say one thing and do another. Our words have to line up with what God says. Our lives need to line up with what God says. Because if we're talking about out of both sides of our mouth, we're, we're declaring death over ourselves. Yeah, I'm just getting really old. I barely can walk. I mean... I'm just saying, don't say it. That might be the truth. It might be this truth that you are struggling with it. But don't declare it over yourself. Declare life. Say, but in him I'm healed. In him I overcome. In him there's nothing that I need that has not been provided already. And whether that's for our health or whether that's for mental things or emotional things or whatever it is we need. Provision. He's our provision. He is our provision. Provision not our jobs no not our uh, with me what is it called when you get my age social security thank you it's not our social security I'm like how could I not remember that anyway so anyway okay I've talked enough it's time, to, it's time for me to pray God you are worthy you are so worthy God God, send people up here to pray. It's not anything we need to be ashamed or embarrassed of. We need help every day. I need it. I'm always asking for prayer. I always have to run to God. So if you have a need today, please come and let us pray for you. Please come. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. Everybody's having the same struggles. What are people going to think if I go up there? Does it really matter? We have a desire to see you in this place today, God. Open our spiritual eyes to you. Open our eyes to see you, Jesus. Open our eyes, oh God. We need to see you like we've never seen you before. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way, have your way. Just come. Come and let someone pray for you before we go. God, we thank you for being with us today. We thank you for those who are online. Help them to reach out to us, to someone, and get prayer today. Keep us safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.